we knew that the actual chat itself wouldn't cut it. So we tried to be omnichannel. We used the email from Intercom, we used the chat, we used the sequences from Eloqua. That way we were hitting the same user in different places. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the B2BMX podcast. I'm Claudia. And I'm Alicia. And we're going into a a pretty interesting topic today. This is another session from our event in February that was in Scottsdale because, all right, let's face it. We have this high number of website visitors coming into your site and, and platform without really doing a thing, right? So how can you really make sure that you're maximizing every opportunity to engage with these high-value users, right? So that's basically the whole gist of this presentation. So Unity's Director of Growth Marketing, Jesus Rikenya, actually shares how the company implemented business messaging to drive 45% lift in user and prospect self-service. And self-service is actually a huge topic, especially on, you know, the demand gen report side. A lot of people were talking to or saying, you know, buyers really want that self-service ability. So Jesus is really going to drill down and share some insights into how Unity did it so successfully. Yeah, I think you hit on all the key points here, Claudia, because we're hearing now more than ever that people want to be in control of their buying experience and sometimes don't want to be bombarded by people, by messages. And I think that chat experience feels personable, is a great way to introduce people to your brand, but also allow them to jump around if they know right off the bat where they want to go. That also helps you as a marketer kind of qualify their visit and where they kind of are in the buying journey. So again, I think it's such a fascinating use case. And I I think this success story from Unity is not only inspiring, but also will provide a few practical takeaways as well. So with that, hope you all enjoy hearing from Jesus. Thank you, everyone. Good afternoon. So I'm here today to take you through the story of how Unity boosted its revenue through real-time messaging. But before I start, let me introduce you to Unity. So raise your hand how many of you guys have played a console game? There's a lot. How many of you have played any PC or computer games? Ooh, that's a good one. How many of you have played any game on a mobile device? Most of you, thank you for doing that. Unity is the tool of choice for real-time rendering content, from game designers to car manufacturers. They choose Unity to create content to delight and entertain their audiences. Unity powers 50% of all the mobile games and more than 60% of the AR and VR content in the world. At Unity, we believe the world is a better place with more creators in it. Creators that create content that reaches you every day. So to put this in perspective, in the last 12 months, content made with Unity has 33 billion downloads. 37 billion downloads. That's 3.3 billion installs of content made with Unity every month. And let's break that down. That is over a thousand downloads per second of content made with Unity. 
those are big numbers. So I joined Unity around three years ago, and Unity was migrating from a perpetual licenses business into a subscription business. The mission was to launch a subscription business and um, launching two main products, a Unity Plus and a Unity Pro, ranging all the way from consumers, contractors, freelancers, all the way for enterprise. My team at that time was focusing on the mid-market, historically self-served, self-transacted, small studios, firms, from one to 15 developers, price sensitive with small budgets. And we had aggressive growth market, growth targets, around 300% growth year over year. This might be really familiar to most of you. And we were dealing with a hyper-engaged community using our free product. So Unity has a free product, freemium. You can do most of the stuff that you need to do with the free product. And our community was vocal, Price sensitive, as I mentioned. Most of the game studios have reduced budgets and there are cycles in the game development. It's around 18 months. So they don't need the subscription all the time. They will buy the subscription, develop the content, then stop developing, maintain the content, and come back to the cycle. It's pretty similar to agencies or firms that they do AR, VR. They develop the content and then come back when they need resources. So that was a challenge. On top of that, we had some tailwinds. We wanted to keep the trust of this loyal and vocal community. And we were doing two things at the same time, launching a new online store and launching a new, whole new platform for them to manage the subscriptions. So that wasn't an easy task. So with that in mind, this is what we were facing. Like most of the SaaS companies, as you're familiar, we wanted to nail three key areas. A strong acquisition, we wanted to grow year over year, over 300%. We wanted to nail onboarding flows and retention. We wanted to keep 85% gross retention to be a healthy business. And we wanted to make sure that when those game cycles came to an end and they needed more subscriptions, that we win them back and brought them back into our subscription model. So to do so, we decided to partner with Intercom and start, the first thing that we wanted to do is start assisting self-transactions online. We launched that new website, and we have a healthy amount of traffic, but a lot of drop-off, especially in the checkout and transaction pages. So we decided to provide human touch points in some of those key pivotal points of the journey. Starting from the product pages, to understand what was the best product for them, to suit their needs, Plan selection, understanding what sort of license, licensing, pricing model. Configuring the licenses. Do I prepay? Do I go monthly? Do I bundle this with another subscription? And the checkout. Understanding what is my payment method? Do I have issues with the checkout? So to do so and to engage the users and start the conversation, we use Intercom to place custom contextualized messaging in each of those pivotal steps. In the product pages, for example. By the way, we came to this place once we sort of learned what was the main questions that the audience will have. So we started with really simple messaging, and once we learned the most common questions, we started to perfection sort of the messaging. So in the product pages, for example, uh, we learned that the biggest trick was to actually incentivize users to take the next step to the checkout. So we'll give them a little promotion, a little bundle to incentivize them to take the next step. 
Um, in plant selection, most of the questions that we were getting were around like, what is my best pricing model? What is the um, licensing? How does it work? A lot of questions about the managing their subscriptions. So we did two things. We encouraged them to talk to an advisor, and we also give them links directly to self-answer some of those questions. In plan configuration and checkout, most of the questions were technical, like how do I finish my transaction? How do I configure my plan for my needs? So we encouraged them to talk to a Unity advisor to get through the problems that they were facing at that particular moment in time. So that helped a lot. We drove a lot of conversation. And we learned a lot. And when we were scaling, um, we had a quite complex setup based on the region and based on the product. We have multiple regions, EMEA, America, Europe, and multiple products in each of those regions. So we wanted to give the best experience to the user. So what did we do? Leveraging intercom routing and product tagging, we were able to do two key things. One, infer the region. And second, infer the product that they might have been interested in. How do we do this? This is an example I have here. The user might start inquiring. We will infer the location. And then based on the URL they were coming from, we will infer the product of their interest. We will collect that information and we will use it to route to a specific inbox for that product. And we will route that inquiry to the next available operator. In, in between those two steps, we realized that a lot of questions were or could be self-answered. So we placed links in the messages for them to self-answer those questions, helping the operator to take some of the noise out. So what does it, once the operator got the inquiry, what we did is that we created templatized responses based on the inbox and the product for them to answer the question faster. And that gave us a lot of power to give the user a good experience. We reduced the response time, and we were sort of understanding what the user might ask before they were doing so. So, so we got better. We started to realize that the, a lot of the transactions on the online store were actually name accounts from sales or potential inside sales accounts. But they were literally talking to us before making the decision of transacting on the store. So we thought, hey, what about we go ahead and start putting the chat in some of those consideration pages? We thought, what is start putting the chat in blogs, articles, solution pages, event pages? And the idea was to understand with custom messaging, could we start qualifying the conversation? And perhaps understanding better their intent. So the first examples I'm showing you here, this chat was placed on an article around our unity with CAT for their engineering and construction vertical. And we were teasing the reader in the blog to speak with one of our advisors on how to leverage unity <coughs> for that particular solution. If the reader didn't interact with the uh, operator, we could prompt some qualifying questions to understand their intent. So we could ask them, hey, what brought you here today? Are you thinking about Unity Pro? Do you have support questions? Or do you want to just talk to an advisor? So with Intercom Custom Bots, we were collecting, so not just the infer information, like the location, we were collecting the potential product interest, but we were also collecting their intent. 
And with all the information and the integration with our system, like Salesforce and Sendesk, we could route the inquiry to the right team. So when the user wasn't engaging with the operator, we could route the lead to the right sales team. That was the most common scenario. The second most common scenario was where the inquiry was around support. So we could collect, again, the company name, the email, the location, and create a send this ticket directly from Intercom. It could be automated, or the operator itself could actually push the information to Sendesk. In most of the cases, the, the issue was solved directly in the Intercom by driving the traffic to the store and transacting on the store. So this was working. We were improving the online conversion on the store. We were capturing leads for inside sales. We were routing some of the traffic back to the support teams and making a greater experience to the user. And we thought, how about we start outreaching proactively to some of the users on the web? So one of the things that we learned while we were doing this is that 50% of our traffic was actually logging to our backend tool while navigating the web. So we decided to integrate Intercom with our backend subscription tool to understand who the user were. Did they have a subscription? What stage in the subscription? Were they active in the product? Did they belong to an org with one or multiple developers? And we started following those users when we know who they were and placing the right message for them based on the status of their journey. So here an example was a Halloween seasonal campaign. And we were following users that they were um, in the end of the subscription. So we could give them a treat or a promotion. And the second example, it was someone active in the editor were potential more active users in the free product. So we could prompt them an offer for them to go back and extend their team. We learned four things. To keep it casual and seasonal, to surprise on the line, following the users, and to be targeted. And here's an example of how Intercom segmentation work. This is just an example of a couple of uh, data points. But we could have ongoing messaging based on the region, the product that they were using, and the status of the subscription. We have up to 20 data points that we could leverage to do segmentation. So what do we do? We run 50 campaigns over the year, just outreaching. And the results were clear. Real-time messaging was adding a lot of value to our business. We increased the store conversion by 45%. And at that time, we had around two or three inbound specialists that we turned into an inside sales team. And we grew that team from one to six members. Around 80% of the revenue for that inside sales in the first six months came from the, the live messaging and the outreach that you saw. That was around 3.5 million of revenue in, th in six months. And at the same time, most of the users were really happy. 87% rating their conversation as good or extremely good. So that made us happy. We were adding some value to the user. So acquisition was working. We were converting people online. We were generating leads for inside sales. We were outreaching to users 
not just by the outreach that the INSA cells were doing, but through the live messaging, email through intercom. In parallel, we had another team just working on the retention. And we thought, what about we start using the live messaging to leverage that interaction with the subscribers, so when they subscribe. We have two key goals. We wanted to make sure that they knew that they had a success advisor that they could talk to. And we want to make sure that we touch them in each of those key milestones of the subscription. So with the journey mapped, I believe you're really familiar with these subscription journeys, and our integration with Eloqua, our marketing automation tool, we decided to go beyond our traditional email nurturing flows and paths and start using the live messaging in some of the key milestones of the journey. So in week one, for example, to three, we want to make sure that they talk to the advisor, that they have the subscription set up, that they have access to all the resources that they needed to get started. Between week and three and beyond, we will starting to figure out if they didn't activate the subscription, if they weren't using the product, if they were missing some of the features or services. Week 6 to 24 was about nurturing and understanding how you can go beyond and leverage the value that you're paying for. And around week 39, it was all about getting them ready and prepared for the renewal cycle. So I'm going to show you here some examples or how we leverage both channels at the same time. The example of week one, we were following those users with the data points I showed you before. So they were in the first week of the subscription, just started, they got a license. I will send them an email and the messaging when they were navigating the web to make sure that they have access to the resources, that they understood that they have a success advisor to talk to, etc. And the, the second example, we knew that there were some users with inactivity in some of the services or product. So we started following them on the side to incentivize them to talk to the advisors so they can get started on some of the services. And in week 39, if they had the auto renew off, or they have potential further active users in the editor, we'll treat them with some promotions and bundles for them to expand or turn the auto renew off on back again. At the same time, based on the cycle of the game development, there was two things that we wanted to do. We wanted to make sure that if the studio was growing and they were showing signals that they have further active users, we wanted to follow them and give them offers for them to extend their number of licenses. So that's the example here on the left. And if they have the subscription of, and they were active back again in the editor, we wanted to talk to them for them to activate the subscription again. So the results were remarkable. In the first year, we talked to over 21,000 users. Most of the conversations were about, you can see there, subscription support, managing their ID, talking to a success person, getting access to the success hub. And at the same time, most of the conversation rating was really positive, similar to the acquisition. Over 88% of users were happy or extremely happy. 
So the output of this flows through the live messaging with the onboarding and retention. We retain 1.5 million of those that have turned the subscription off, meaning this was churn users. We retain them. And around 32% of all retention came from the live messaging directly. So we were really happy. The user was happy, and we were retaining revenue. So before I go, and I have 10 minutes left, I'm going to open for QA. I'm going to give you four takeaways of what we learned in the first 18 months of this journey. The first one is start small. Test, fail, and learn. As you saw, we started from the checkout. We figured out what was the low-hanging fruit opportunity for us. And we placed the chat and learned what was the most common question that these people were asking. And we immediately started to realize, hey, we can help them further up the funnel. So we moved from there. When we nailed the checkout, we moved to the configuration plan, product pages. And you saw how we extended that all the way to solution pages and all the way to reach out. It takes time to learn and figure out what works, trial and error. I think the average was five campaigns or five tests that we did until we got into a point where we were comfortable with the messaging. The second one is focus on the user experience. From the, from the very beginning, the most important thing for us was to add value to the user. As you saw the checkout, it was like, how do we help them make the decision, understand the payment methods, or figuring out what product was good for them, and try to add value. One of the key things that worked for us in adding value was leveraging the data. So if you implement live messaging, make sure that you leverage whatever data you have on integrations available. So things that we did is that we, the first thing we integrated with was our backend system, the subscriptions, to understand who they were when they were on the web. Integration with Salesforce, Sendesk, and our marketing automation tool. That way you will personalize as much as possible and be relevant. So the third takeaway is an integrated approach. We knew that the actual chat itself wouldn't cut it. So we tried to be omnichannel. We used the email from Intercom. We used the chat. We used the sequences from Eloqua. That way we were hitting the same user in different places. I like to believe that the users will take any chance that they can to talk to you directly. So we're trying to give them as many chances as possible. And the fourth one is have a dedicated team. It takes time and effort. And I'm having this part of your routine daily day. Probably you're not going to give the enough resources that it needs. So we had a dedicated program manager for acquisition part-time on Intercom, and a dedicated program manager for retention, just making sure that the integrations were there, testing the messaging, making sure that they were, we were aligned with some of the other teams, and verifying that the user was getting good feedback to us. So that's all I have for today. I hope you get at least two or three actionable ideas from my presentation. Thank you very much. All right, everyone. So if that didn't inspire you to at least test out messaging for your brand website, I don't know what will help you. So keep doing your research. No, but really, I think this 
example from Unity, all of the great insights and takeaways from this experience just shows how powerful it is to put your buyer in control. And I think as more millennials join the buying committee, and um, actually now we're not talking about millennials anymore, it's Gen Z, right? And they're even more digitally connected and driven by text messaging, web-based messaging. So I think this is a whole new space, a new, whole new area of opportunity for driving engagement. So we really wanted to bring this session to the forefront and, and really call out those opportunities. As always, thank you again so much for taking the time out. Hopefully this session enlightened and inspired you. And uh, hopefully you'll join us next week for even more B2B insights and best practices. If you haven't done so already, Please do subscribe to the B2BMX podcast. You'll get a notification when new episodes are available every week. And if you have any thoughts, feedback, or ideas for guests on the B2BMX podcast, feel free to drop us a line through our event Twitter handle, or of course, feel free to reach out to Claudia and myself directly. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you next week.